Welcome to uh, another edition of Banter at 1965. I'm Justin. I'm Emily. Uh, today we're actually going to be talking about snowmobiling uh, in and around the Eagle River area. And we want to say thank you to our sponsor, Wild Eagle Lodge. Uh, great place to come up and go snowmobiling. So visit the website www.wildeaglelodge.com to check out availability and what's going on. And follow them on Facebook for all snow conditions and more winter fun. So we'll get started. <laughs> I want to tell you this: we're recording this one after lunch, so we may be a little drowsy. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the the end the end time of the afternoon, so it's been a long week, <laughs> and it's only Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, I mean, Eagle River is known as the snowmobile capital of the world, actually, and it's one of the large, large events and activities going on in the winter. Uh, you have the snowmobile races, which are actually going to be starting tomorrow uh, for the World Championship. Last week, and we were at the Derby, which is always great fun, or for the Vintage Derby, which is always great fun. But just snowmobiling in general up here is a... Very popular and common thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the snowmobile was invented in near Eagle River in Saner. Uh, you can still see the original one there. I believe it's in the St. Germain Hall of Fame or at... Uh, like Auburn equipment or something like that has the original uh, snow toboggan on it. Uh, so that gives you kind of how, how long snowmobiling has been popular up here or taking place up here. Yes. Uh, there are a lot of uh, trail systems that you can go through um, from Eagle River down. You can go further south. You can go further north. You can go all the way up to the UP um, from Eagle River. Um, so it's a very common, common place to kind of start snowmobiling trips yeah if you've ever ever gone snowmobiling when we say the trail systems like eagle river has 500 miles of trails um that they keep and groom and mark but then if you go south of us three lakes they have their own trail system that connects to eagle river you go over to alvin or crandon they all have their own trail systems you go up to land of lakes their trail but they all connect to each other mm -hmm. so you can literally start your day depending on how long you want to go you can start your day in Three Lakes are in Eagle River, and you can drive over to Boulder Junction, over to Mattress Waters, uh, over to Crandon. You can actually go up into the UP with the trail. You have to buy a trail pass going into, into Michigan. Into Michigan, yep. But you can actually go up and ride around the Porcupine Mountain. You can go all the way to the Lakeshore Lake Superior. Yep. So you have access to days and days of riding. There's also fun little trips that you could take um, on the trails. You could go to uh, Lake of the Clouds, which is in michigan correct yeah, it's in the porcupines um, yeah and then uh, little bohemia if you wanted to give a little bit of background on that one <laughs> well if you didn't know what little bohemia was that that goes back to the uh the john dillinger it's john dillinger he had a shootout with the fbi at a resort up here so you can still actually go they have the window panes where the fbi shot through the glass still saved that you can come and see it so they have it's a restaurant and a resort i don't know if they still actually have it the resort function i know they still have the restaurant going but you can actually go there and you can see some of the history of just that. Um, if you saw any movie or anything about Dillinger, you know, he came up here to hide out and had that shootout at the Little Bohemia. Yep. But it's a nice trip. I mean, it's a, a good-sized trip, a day trip for somebody coming from Eagle River. But it, the trail going out there is really nice. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have your own sled um, that you can bring up north, you can always rent one. There are a few places in Eagle River that you can rent from. Uh, Trackside would be the most common one uh, that we use quite often. They're only about a mile and a half from the resort here. Um, there's also a toy shop and boat sport that are both also located in Eagle River. Um, and they're all great to work with 
and I mean, very helpful if you have questions for them for trails as well. Um, they can all help you out really well. So, and they do for first time people, they do rent uh, equipment as well, so you don't have to worry about bringing up the uh, the helmets, helmets, the boots, boots, snow gear, snow pants, jacket, all that kind of stuff can be uh, can be rented through one of these agencies, and they'll yep. basically have you all set to go. Yep. Um, and the modern, I mean, the newer sleds, because they, they do keep them relatively new, especially at trackside. Yeah. Uh, they, they rent them for a year or two, then sell them off and bring in new ones. So you're getting some of the newer ones, which are really, I think they're all now like four-stroke motors. So it's like starting a car. Yeah. Uh, it's not the old days where you have to pull it and choke <laughs> it and do all that kind of stuff to get the thing going. Most of them have like button starts. Yeah. Reverse. Yeah. Uh, which is let me tell you I had a snowmobile that didn't have reverse reverse is nice <laughs> you don't think you need it till someone parks you in and then you're pulling your sled out of a spot yeah but they're I mean nice suspensions nice steering so it's gotten easier to drive um, beats up the body a little bit less too mm-hmm. definitely they're um, a lot nicer to ride it's yeah it's not so tough <laughs> much easier to take long day trips on yeah, I mean, you put 100 miles on a sled, and you feel it. Yep. Um, these ones make you feel it a little bit less. <laughs> you can still do 100, 150 miles on a day. Yep. And located right across uh, the road, actually, from Trackside, is the Derby Track that we did an episode on last week, mm-hmm. um, and that we were talking about earlier in this episode uh, with the vintage races and the World Championship races. Uh, and right next to the Derby Track, there is the uh, Snowmobile Museum that you can go visit as well if you're interested. Um, that has, I don't even know how many sleds they have in there, but they have tons of sleds in there um, from people that have won races over the years at the Derby Track um, and old like outfits that you can look at, uh, old pictures. It's a really cool place to go visit if you are in the area. Yeah, it figures more on the history of racing snowmobiles. Yes. Um, so a little bit different, I mean, because the, the racing sleds, they do race like what they would call like a stock, which you buy, but most of the racing sleds are, are pretty highly modified to, to run around on that on the track or the tracks that they race on. Yep. What's your what's been your favorite snowmobile trip? Um, or haven't you? I really have never gone on actual like snowmobile trips before. I mean, okay. we've done like short ones, but like just around like the area, but not like anything out of town. Well, even short ones around. Because, uh, I mean, if you're not familiar with the what the trail system actually connects to, you do connect to shops, restaurants, bars. Lots of bars. <laughs> Especially the bars <laughs> and the restaurants. Um, so you can go, I mean, we have people who snowmobile to work up here. There are people That's that very go very common up here. If you're on the snowmobile trail, hop out there and do that. Or go like a Friday night fish fry in the winter instead of hopping on a car. You hop on the snowmobile, hop on the trail, and you end up. Because all the trails, every restaurant up here is on a trail. Yep. They do uh, it on purpose. <laughs> so that you can, you can almost just go from spot to spot and, and do that or make lunch runs. But they're fun. Yep. Uh, one of the things we'll, we'll say here just as a safety thing is when you're on a lake, always stay by the marked trails. Always. Do not go off the trails. In general, um, they always ask you to stay on the trails. If you don't stay on the trails, then they can shut them down. Uh, and part of the reason is the the clubs don't own this land. Uh, 
the land that it goes over a lot of times is privately owned yeah it, it's people's yards people's farms and they get a little upset if you're in the middle of their farm field digging up their their winter crops or just digging up their field yep um, so it is important to stay on the mark thing. Lakes are a little bit differently. And I mean, if you want to use one for ice fishing or something like that, just be sure you know the lake. Yep. Because every year somebody goes through, multiple people go through into the water. It's usually on the lakes. It's more of a safety issue, obviously. Um, I mean, like up here, right behind our resort here, there were on two different lakes and in between those two lakes, it never freezes over right there. Um, so it's always a huge safety thing up here for us uh, to not allow people basically down on the lake um just for safety reasons so it's always very important to stay on the trails follow march trails that kind of thing yeah it's deceiving because there's spots like like what emily was talking about the the point here yep that's in the channel i mean we can have 20 below weather for a week and you have a thin layer about an inch of ice over that open spot so secondly not open it looks like it's closed but you have an inch of ice that doesn't support anything no that's um, not going to hold you in your snowmobile. And last year, someone found that out. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a, a full, fun, interesting story. But, you know, we, we uh, got here, or the maintenance people got here in the morning, and there's a snowmobile seat floating in the lake. Um, and then a couple hours later, I had the, the wrecker out here to fish an old John Deere sled out that somebody had let another person borrow and run around. And, again, someone who just wanted to tear around on a, an old sled not knowing where to go ran right into thin water and down they went luckily they were able to get out they were very lucky it was also like negative 20 out that night when they did go in the water um, and then they walked back across the lake to get back to the bar that they were at yeah. so they were very 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 lucky but i mean when the when we say stay by the mark trails before they mark them they test the depth of the ice yes they'll drill holes along where they mark it so they know that okay we have eight 12 inches of ice we can open them up safely and they monitor it so when you're by they put orange construction barrels out you run by those orange construction barrels you're running on ice that has been checked it's mm -hmm. they usually don't put it or they don't put them in spots where you have high flowing water where you're going to get open spots or thinner ice that's what we say to yep and the trails up here are also always very well groomed. Um, I mean, it's I think it's mainly volunteers that do it, yeah. uh, but they always keep it very well groomed. Um, they try to keep up with, like, obviously the snow trail conditions on their websites and everything like that. So everybody always knows how the trails are um, for their visits. Um, before they even come visit, like, it's always yeah. updated as best as they can. Um, and then they also always put on the trail conditions, too, like if we're getting any weather coming up. Um, what snow we might get to add to those trails and that kind of thing. So yeah, there's a lot of information because it is a, a big industry up here. Um, and don't be, and we say especially for first time people, there are some hesitation because you're, you're afraid you get lost. Um, every club puts out a map, and usually like the backside has like a county wide map, and the flip side has that little clubs like a blow up of their their map or the trails that they, they oversee where you can see what restaurants they are and stuff like that. Yep. And, I mean, I, I snowmobiled for a number of years. I gave mine up about two years ago, I think, mm -hmm. uh, just because with work and, and stuff like that, I wasn't getting out as much as as much as the work going in to keep a sled running. <laughs> <laughs> um, but getting on and navigating through, especially the trails in northern Wisconsin, is very easy because they'll use, just like you're similar on a highway, it's, you know, trail 13 or route 13, route 45, route 17, here's trail 9, and they have little markers on each one. Um, what's really nice at 
like the Eagle River ones and the surrounding ones is they'll tell you towns, restaurants, bars, like what way to go and how far they are. And that's a lot of difference. I used to take uh, trips up to Michigan, Lake Ogebic, and, you know, even up to the shoreline and Lake of the Clouds, things like that. And you get into Michigan and it's not. You're <laughs> lucky if every couple of miles you see a little marker of what one you're on and they might just say, okay, the town's this way. They don't give you, oh, it's three miles, it's five miles. And they're here because the towns are closer together. It's a more populated area. Yeah. You unfortunately have to go through towns, which slows you down a little bit. But then a lot of them route through national forests and stuff like that. So you get fun riding there. Michigan, you're in a lot more open area, more wooded area. But the bottom side, if you're not familiar with it, is if you don't know how many, ga- how many miles you get out of your snowmobile... Um, it, it's tough or sometimes it's okay we can we want to make this trip we have to go here to here to here because we need to hit these three gas stations otherwise we're not making it yep yeah um around our area like eagle river rhinelander three lakes area a lot of like um the snowmobile trails meet up at like intersection kind of things like in the woods but they're like basically snowmobile intersections um and at each of those two a lot of times they have um what you see kind of on like backcountry roads where they have like those old wooden signs that have like oh this person lives here um so they have signs a lot like that where like oh this place is this far away this place is this far away and there's literally like a list of them (laughs) on a big sign i mean the trail systems that they're up they actually have small road signs they'll have you'll have like sharp curves slow down little stop signs on the trail so it's like navigating a, a, a road yep um then you have the maps and then way to go to it too. Uh, and then another one I know in Vilas County, Wisconsin, I think Oneida County does this too on intersections where you cross roads. And even on some trail intersections, you'll see a, uh, in the past couple of years, like a Brown marker with white lettering. They'll say the intersection marker. Mm-hmm. And that's all coded in with GPS for if something bad happens that if you do call emergency services, cause somebody hit something or like, Hey, you're lost. Um, or have an, you know any kind of emergency, you find one of those markers and then they know exactly where you are. Instead of saying, oh, I'm on Trail 17 north of Eagle River, well, that's 30 miles of trail for them <laughs> to find. You say, I'm on intersection here or two miles north of intersection here. They know exactly where to go, which is another nice part of our trail system where they have these things built into make it safe and enjoyable yeah they make it i mean they mark them as well as they can make it as easy as possible for anybody to come ride um i mean especially just because there's so many first-time riders that do come up every year um i mean they make it as easy as they possibly can for everybody to come enjoy themselves so and they do uh like online safety courses i know everybody of a certain age i'm too old for that but (laughs) Um, they do require you to take the online safety course just so you know what's going on and know basically the same things we're talking about here, how to read a trail, how a basic yep. operation of a snowmobile, that there is a gas and a brake. <laughs> and, and you are like allowed to use both of them. You are allowed to use both of them <laughs> and when not to use both of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's snowmobiling basically. Yeah. And the nice thing is, um, with the gear, especially you can get from a place like Trackside or if you have your own and people will do go snowmobile and they'll know this. Like going out at zero degrees isn't bad. No. And you look at the weather, you go, oh, I'm going to be outside. I want something that's like 30. You don't want a snowmobile in 30 degree weather. It's actually horrible snowmobile yeah. in 30 degree weather. I mean, the colder it is to a point, it's, it's better to snowmobile at. And the proper gear, you don't feel wind coming through. 
I mean, I know Trackside for sure. You can go buy, um, like, heated gloves, um, which the racers use those, and they yeah. absolutely love them. Um, so there's just a lot of new and improved gear that you can use to go out in colder weather yeah. and be able to snowmobile for longer periods of time and not feel it. <laughs> and even, I mean, given even, like, older sleds, to modern ones now have hand warmers for yep. like if you're driving there's levels of hand warming that you yep. can have to keep your hands warm uh they actually have a thumb warmer where your, your thumb sits on the throttle they'll actually warm that little piece too uh some of them actually you warm like your feet because they'll run the heat exchangers underneath there to actually warm up your feet too so you're mm-hmm. actually your hands and feet are getting warmed by the snowmobile and then so they, they do make it comfortable you can be out in that Zero sub zero. I'll, I'll say this because I, I again being dumber and younger. Actually, no, I went with my parents, so I can't play the the younger and dumber. <laughs> but I mean, we were up in Michigan and we were snowmobiling at like twenty five below. Um, and the only time you really felt anything or you noticed anything is when you had a crack of air. Like if your visor wasn't shut all the way, then you go and have like a a, a red line on your face where the wind, wind was wind was getting you. Every place else, you'd be fine with a couple layers and a good jacket on. But if you had any spot where the wind could get through, then you got a little, yep. <laughs> you got a little bit. And I just want to throw this out there too. Like I think, um, trackside, I know for sure. will at least like run through the sled with you, um, teach you how to learn, like teach you how to do everything that you need to. Um, if you have any questions with it, they're not just going to like throw you on a sled and like say, see you later. <laughs> like they'll run through everything with you. Um, and answer any questions that you guys have if you do rent from them. And I'm sure like Toy Shop and Boat Sport would too. Yeah. Obviously, they're renting out their sleds to people. They don't want them to crash and everything like that. So they would run through everything with you if you have questions, answer anything that you have, everything like that. So, yeah. um, I mean, two other parts with the, the rental portion of it. Uh, there are, I know there used to be, I, I believe there still are fishing guides who then turn in the winter to snowmobiling guides. So that you can actually have somebody who will lead your pack of sleds around all day yeah who knows the area but you won't get lost and be like okay we'll plan this trip go here 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 and you have somebody that understands the area and where to go and can help you out if need be um and i'm sure trackside toy shop boat sport would all have names yeah. of people that could do that as well oh we don't want to say like you have to do that <laughs> it's, it's not i mean we're it's easier than we're making it sound yeah. um the other one i'd say if you're renting a sled get the insurance yes um, cause new sleds are expensive and if you do any damage, they basically, I almost want to say trackside, um, requires you to purchase the do. insurance on their sleds before you take them out. It's either that or you have to put down a, a pretty large deposit yeah. on them. Yep. Um, cause we've had it here. I mean, in the history of doing this where someone got on a sled and, you know, decided to go 90 miles an hour around a curve and lost jumped the curve, hit a tree, and you take it back to trackside, and they go, okay, well, you just bought yourself a now almost $20,000 sled. Yep. And Expensive. That's it. <laughs> you get to put a broken sled on a trailer and take it home. Yep. If you have a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just be careful. <laughs> be careful. Big thing. Follow the signs. Just be aware of your surroundings. And follow. The sp- there are speed limits. Yep. And follow them. There are places where you can go fast and have fun, and there are places where it's not appropriate to go fast. Yes, very much so. Corners are one of them. (laughs) 
Also, I wanted to just add in there, too, like, if you are on the trail system, if there's somebody, like, walking on the trails or um, doing, like, dog sleds, we do have some of those around this area, um, they do have the right-of-way. So you are supposed to stop, let them pass, and go by before you continue down the trail on your sled. Um, And then, obviously, it's, like you said earlier, it's kind of like driving on a road. Um, If you see somebody else coming, you move to the right side of the road. (laughs) We're supposed to ride on the right anyways. Yes, but um, you definitely move to the right side. When you see somebody coming, you don't move over to the left side and make them go on the wrong side as well. Yeah. Um, so. And you also yield to uh, groomers. Yes, definitely. You'll, you'll run into those things. And when we, we say this, it's basically a farm tractor with like uh, tank treads, Yeah. rubber tank treads on it. And they pull a, a sled that grooms it that's probably like a big metal 10 to 15 feet long behind them. Yep. Uh, not something you want to play chicken with. No. <laughs> and you'll see them. You'll see them. Yeah. Well, before um, they're actually there, especially if you ride at night. Um, a lot of times they do groom at night so that they're not in the way of so many snowmobilers. Um, but the lights that they have on them are very bright. Yeah. You will see them uh, probably two corners before you actually see the actual tractor. <laughs> yeah. And that's snowmobiling in Eagle River. Yeah. Unless you had any... Northern Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, come up because it's a great way to... I mean, it. the last thing, I mean, I'll add, there are a lot of trails that you can get to or where places where, like, I felt you're, if you're on a snowmobile going, it's not a place where you can get to walking. Yeah. I mean, there's things you see on a snowmobile trail that that's the only way you're going to see them up here. A lot of times, yeah. And it's just a unique way to get into the National Forest because you'll get driving around and then all of a sudden you're in a you spot can get, where you're, I mean you can get deep in the national forest like, yeah you can and, and it's untouched woods snow all around a lot you. of places you don't realize exist unless yeah. you're on the snowmobile <laughs> yeah so it's a great way to come up here spend a weekend or week <laughs> yeah and and do some exploring and, and have some fun so you know give us a call <laughs> or if you just come up <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that's that's snowmobiling so we'll probably uh Call us when a wrap, and yeah. uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Yeah, see ya. Bye.